Good morning. And happy Sabbath. Back in August of 1992, my family, small family composed of uh, my wife, my son, and myself, came to Pittsburgh. That was my first assignment as a physical therapist. I worked in uh, East Texas Medical Center Hospital for a while, and then uh, I worked in home health. And uh, now the, my family has grown to six, magically because of two additions through my uh, two children's spouses. And uh, that was 31 years ago, to be exact, because I came here in uh, August 4 of that year. And uh, those were the days when the Nashes were still here. Uh, of course, I remember Beverly, Lynn, Lynn Barrett, and... Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, I remember faces. I cannot remember all the the names. We have Kathy also. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Barrett, but uh, I forgot your name. <laughs> but uh, I just want to say that today we come, but not as strangers. And uh, because we have been to this place, you know, we we often come to the Mount Pleasant Church because... Although we did not really transfer our membership here, I don't think, but uh, this was our home church when I came to the USA. And uh, you will uh, wonder why, you know, I, I came here today. Well, uh, just to give you a background why we are here today, where I'm here is that uh, in uh, June, June 14 to be exact, early morning I was talking to the Lord. And I was, uh, you know, the, the, the message came to my mind uh, as expressed in the song, I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus? When he has done so much for me. Although that's not the thought that really came to my mind. But that's the sentiment of uh, what I was thinking. And uh, there was an urge in me to do something more than what I had been doing. And, uh, you know, in my line of work, uh, I've been really very busy as a physical therapist. And for all you know... Before midday, I received a text from Julie asking me to, if I can fill a slot to speak here in, you know, in front of you. And of course, I did not have a date, so I, I asked her, you know, give me a date um, after August, because I was kind of busy. And, um, you know, I did not know my schedule at that time. But uh, I wanted to make myself available. And uh, right away, God answered my prayer that very day. So talk about answered prayers. That was an immediate answer to my, to my prayer. I wanted to do something more. Now, I'm, I'm not a preacher, but I have a message. And that, I think that's what's the, the most important for all of us, right? Yeah, I have been a physical therapist since I came. And uh, being a transplant from the Philippines, you know, I thought to myself, I have to maximize my earnings, um, especially uh, since there were, there are people 
you know, my folks in the Philippines that uh, were looking up to us for support. And uh, we would send money to them regularly. Uh, so my, my line of work was really keeping me very busy. So I forgot that, you know, God has a purpose for each one of us. Not only to live for ourselves, but also to live for others. Because he placed us here on this earth, maybe to invite others to his kingdom. We are, uh, we're going to, what do you call this? We're going to colonize heaven. Now you remember, uh, there is a guy, I'm sure you know him. You know, the uh, inventor of Tesla, Elon Musk. Now, he is spending his resources to uh, colonize Mars. I don't know if he's going to succeed that, in, in that endeavor. But we are going to colonize a heavenly country. And it is doable. <laughs> Not like uh, Elon Musk. So... Uh, Today, uh, I would like to tell you that the reason that I, um, I accepted the invitation to speak here is that because of that answer to my musings. Now, I've been an Adventist since I was born, although officially you become an Adventist when you are baptized, right? And uh, I was born to Adventist parents. My father was a, a minister. And uh, although he was uh, trained in the University of Hard Knocks, but he became a conference president. So I'm a preacher's kid. And I went to Adventist Academy. I went to uh, our Mountain View College. I don't know if you've heard about that. That's, uh, that's where I graduated from Bachelor of Arts in Religion. And uh, then I moved to Tyler. And uh, a few times I, I have served as an elder. And, uh, but, you know, being an elder and being very busy in your line of work, I would say that I really did not have much time devoted for God. So, but in my 68 years of life now, I said, Lord, what can I do to serve you better? And I'm just happy that God gave me the privilege I was in a quandary as to what my topic today would be, but I think that it's appropriate that my topic should be numbering our days because we are really getting older. <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't getting any younger, as they say in East Texas, okay? So, as we start, uh, we're let's pray. Oh, Lord in heaven, we realize that the signs of the times are all around us, pointing to the fact that you are about to come. Today, as we worship you and as we listen to the message, we pray, Lord, that you will open our minds as we invite the Holy Spirit to help us to take the message as a message from heaven. And we ask that you will bless me as I open my mouth. May your words come out from my mouth and not my own alone. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The cry was heard a million for an inch of time. A million dollars for an inch of time? 
you know what? If I had a million dollars, I'm not going to pay for an inch of time. I would rather just give that to my wife <laughs> and to my heirs, and maybe they'll remember me for the next six months until they have spent it out. <laughs> so we want to live a little longer. How do you measure an inch of time? A few minutes? A few days? A few weeks? A few months? Yeah, we, we all want to ju live just a little bit longer, if not for a few years, maybe months, maybe a few weeks, maybe a few hours. Maybe just enough time to perhaps set our affairs in order. Now, I've heard this about Michael Jackson. This is not from the Bible, okay? <laughs> Michael Jackson wanted to live for 150 years. Now, I don't know if this story is fabricated or, or real, but I just read this. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it was if it is really genuine, but I've heard that Michael Jackson wanted to live for 150 years, and to do that, he appointed 12 doctors to surround him, um, and uh, to examine him from head to toenails. He had food tasters. And wine tasters, just like, uh, you know, the kings, to see if his uh, food was safe to eat. He surrounded himself with plenty of people to supervise him in his exercise routine. And he had technology at his disposal. That's what money can do. You know, you can buy any kind of service, anything, if you have the money. But on June 25, 2009, at the age of 50, his heart stopped beating. He was 100 years short of his dream to live for 150 years. He was aiming for an inch of time, but that was denied him. He tried to challenge death, but death challenged him back. This brings me to my message this morning, numbering your days. So based on Psalms 90, 10 to 12, and if you want to open your Bible and Go there. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And I'll read. The days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength and they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So that tells us that life is short. In this present time, we can have 70 to 80 years. Maybe due to good genes, or by reason of the advancements in medical science, or having a healthy lifestyle. We can live to be 100 years or more. I met a few times, um, a few times I have met uh, some of these people who, who live to be more than 100 years in my practice. I have one that just turned uh, 104 this year. And uh, so... There's another thing that can extend your life 
Maybe a good health insurance? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have very good health insurance, maybe the health insurance can authorize for you to live a little bit, a little bit longer uh, on life support. <laughs> but uh, I, would not ki- I would not like to live in that kind of situation. The longest lifespan of anybody, of any person in recent times, that I know of is that of a little Filipino woman who lived to be 124 years. She happened to live in the the island of Negros in the Philippines. That's where my wife come from. And just a little trivia. She happened to be a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church locally. Her life was a testament to a healthful lifestyle, which is practiced by most, if not all, Seventh-day Adventists. You know, on a side note, our church has advocated, for example, vegetarianism for more than 100 years before vegetarianism was cool. Uh, In fact... One of the greatest tennis players of all time, who just won his 24th Grand Slam title this month, is a vegetarian. His name is Novak Djokovic. How do I know that? Because I am a tennis player. You know, not too good, but, uh, <laughs> but I play tennis. So, talking about lifestyle, an Adventist... Health study funded by the U.S. government, to which you probably have been a participant. You have been a participant, Ms. Beverly? Yep. Uh, it concluded that male Adventists live to be seven years longer than the average American. And for the women, they live uh, four years longer than the average American female. So we Adventists live a little longer. And thanks to a very healthy lifestyle founded on the biblical principles of healthy living as promoted, in fact, by our messenger, you know, Ellen G. White. So adopting a healthy lifestyle gives us the benefit of living a little longer. That's something that we Adventists should be proud of. We are in fact featured, we were in fact featured in the National Geographic. And I still have that publication in my home. Now those of you who are young and healthy, you might think, uh, oh, I'm 20, uh, uh, maybe I have 60 years of uh, life more. Or beyond, you know, we can live beyond uh, 80 so I'm going to live it up and only and have fun and maybe think about God later when I'm nearing the end of my days. But if you think that way, here are some statistical facts that we have to face. From the World Population Report, in 2021, 166,000 269 people died every day. Now that is 115 deaths per minute or two deaths per second. And that translates to over 60 million people dying every year. And this rate does not take into consideration what age group die. If we consider the age group, 2.2 million Children and youth died in 2020 alone. I have not gotten the latest statistics when it comes to uh, the mortality after COVID-19 hit. Because I think there were more deaths, you know, on the average. So the truth is, Mr. Death is on a rampage. And there's no stopping him. Taking that 
info into consideration. Since people die every day without any discrimination as to what age group, we don't really know when our time is up. So when David said, you have 70 or 80 years, that's only a guiding principle, not a guarantee that you're going to live that you're that you are going to live that long. I only know of one person that was given an exact number of days or years to live. And that story is found in the Bible. In 2 Kings verse 20, I'll, I'll just summarize. You can read it for yourself, you know, after this. Story says that King Hezekiah was very sick, nigh unto death. But he entreated God to heal him from his sickness. And he cried bitterly to the, to the Lord, reminding him of how he walked in his ways. And God heard his prayer and extended his life for how many more years? Fifteen years. You know, we have a reasonable God. He hears our prayer when we reason with him. And in this case, you know, he, he listened and heard and answered the prayer of Hezekiah. Did he make good use of that time? That 15 years? You know, the, the king of Babylon... Uh, When, when he heard about the miraculous healing of Hezekiah, visited Hezekiah. And I'm sure that he wanted to learn more about this miracle-working God. But what did Hezekiah do? He showed all the treasures of his house. After that visit, the prophet reprimanded him what did you do what did you what did you do to the the visiting king of babylon and hezekiah said i showed all the things that are in my house so the prophet said to him you know you're a show off these things that you showed off to the king of babylon they will take it away from you in the future and that's what happened. So when God extends our life, let's remember to, to make good use of it. Testify. A couple of years ago, I came out of rehab September 10. Because I had... Uh, the dreaded COVID. <laughs> and uh, I stayed in the hospital 19 days. And uh, I was close to being intubated because that's what the doctor said was the next step that you want to happen. Do you want to be intubated? Because I was being pumped up with high flow oxygen. The maximum that can be pumped into a body safely. And in spite of the maximum amount of oxygen that was pumped into me, I still had shortness of breath. And whenever I talked, my oxygen saturation would plummet down to below 90. So that's why my, when my wife would call me and I would talk to her, I would talk, tell her, that's enough. I am I'm getting short of breath, so, and I always uh, talk to my wife before I go to bed, which actually before I go to sleep, because I was, I was always in bed, so I didn't. <laughs> so, you know, in the, the first few days, I thought that I was going to go home, but complications came. And on x-ray, I was uh, found that I had 
COVID pneumonia. And you know, when you have COVID pneumonia, uh, you cannot be treated with uh, antibacterial uh, antibiotics because COVID pneumonia is a virus. And so it would not respond to just the uh, usual antibiotics that is used for treating pneumonia. So I got worse. But uh, through the prayers of the prayer warriors, prayers of friends, friends' friends, and even non-Adventist friends, I survived COVID-19. Or maybe I survived the hospital stay. <laughs> Some people were not so lucky. They, uh, yep, I had every day there were... You know, my, my friend who was a nurse in the hospital who also helped took care and coordinate with my doctor, you know, told me that there are people who are being put on body bags like every day. That was the height of the Delta variant. And, I'm, you know, there was a time that I talked to God, Lord, you know, after I have turned for the worse, is this going to be my last night? So, you know, I reasoned with God. I don't want to live. I, I, I mean, I don't want to die yet, Lord. So, because I have not really done much for, for him. Although I had plenty of opportunities. Like, uh, for example, in my line of work, I would uh, uh, testify, even if we are not allowed. You know, <laughs> being, uh, you know, Working for Medicare, Medicare people, you know, you're not allowed to talk about God or politics. But whenever somebody opened their mouth and talk about God first, I wasted no time to, to give my testimony. So, but at best, my, my witnessing was infrequent. And very sporadic. You know, you, who of you knows uh, Codel Bass? Okay. You know, I visited uh, the mother of Codel Bass as a physical therapist in Perryville. And, uh, and she, she was a Baptist. And she would always talk about God. So, you know, we had exchanges about God and... I testified. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we came to the point that we discuss about the Sabbath, because that's what we always, you know, Adventists uh, talk about, although we also talk about God's uh, grace. But uh, I would notice Codell uh, eavesdropping and... Uh, she would not participate in the our discussion as we exercise, of course. You know, we, we, we just don't talk about God and not do anything. But uh, that's what we did. And uh, Codell, in the background, was just listening. And so I, 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 uh, I asked her, are you interested in wanting to know a little more about what we are discussing and she said yes. And I noticed she, she showed me the, the book Mar, uh, by Marcusen, you know, about the Sunday, Sunday law. I don't know who gave it to her, maybe Beverly. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, so when she indicated that she was interested, I, I uh, referred her to our pastor, Pastor Burzma. And... Uh, Pastor Bursma, I think, traveled to probably Gilmer just to give her Bible study. And after that, the rest is just history because Codell uh, decided to be baptized as a Seventh-day Adventist. But my, my experience, you know, I, I was used by God as an instrument, but my witnessing was just sporadic. 
Now, why God allowed COVID to happen to me? We know that God allows things for a reason. And if you keep our minds open, we will, <coughs> we will understand that God is trying to teach us something. And I ask him, Lord, what is it that you're trying to teach me? So, like a flash, the thought came to me that God was trying to remind me that my focus in life is on in the pursuit of earthly things, temporal, <clears throat> and not eternal. Things that, that are just passing. Can you give me a, a bottle of water, please? <clears throat> Thank you very much. God reminded me <clears throat> that, that my focus in life was more on the pursuit of earthly things. So he revealed to me through my experience that I'm in the wrong trajectory. <clears throat> through that experience, he reminded me that life on this earth is short and sometimes even shorter. So I began to have some introspection. <clears throat> I thought, God promises us eternity <clears throat> on certain conditions, but he does not promise us tomorrow. You heard the expression, tomorrow is not promised? I'm sure. <clears throat> I'm sorry. My throat is dry. <clears throat> so after... After that ordeal, <clears throat> I did a re realignment of my life <clears throat> in a manner of speaking. <clears throat> I can say without hesitation that the best thing that ever happened to me in recent time was having COVID. Not that COVID is a good thing. Because it is not. But it made me a better person <clears throat> realizing where I stand <clears throat> in God's sight. <clears throat> now, I don't know what circumstances you have in your life. Maybe you have a, an experience that is similar to, my, uh, to, the, to the ordeal that I had. So what, ask yourself... Lord, what are you uh, trying to teach me? You do some kind of introspection. Perhaps you will understand that there's something that God is wanting to teach you. And maybe you will wise up. Most important lesson I've learned from that experience having COVID was... One day, you could be alive. The next day, you might not be. You know, we just, uh, we just uh, marked the anniversary of 9-1-1 last Monday. You know, the people that died that day did not have a clue that that was their last day. So... The surest thing that I can say is that we're going to die. 
sometimes sooner, if not, if not later. I thank God for the experience that I had. Some people get, um, some people don't get a second chance, but I was given one. So I had a renewed focus in life. I now spend my time more focused on eternal things. And if you have that same experience, I hope that you will refocus. But you don't have to have those kinds of experience to refocus. You refocus when the going is, is good, not only when the going is bad. Especially since the, the Bible tells us that it is appointed for man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So my question to you is, is your life secure in the hands of Jesus? I was listening to the Sabbath school lesson a while ago, and uh, Brother Bernard uh, Adams was talking about focusing on Jesus. Focusing on Jesus. So is your life secure in his hands? You know, when we die, our destiny has been decided. Where we are going to spend? Are we going to spend in eternity with God? Or being away from him? In eternal death? So, no one can pray us to heaven, as some believe. You know, they, some believe that they have to pray to the saints, maybe pay the priest, <laughs> a lot of uh, offering money, so that uh, their priest can, can pray for their souls in purgatory. And maybe, you know, with a lot of money and prayer, when the, their, their souls will be freed from the prison cell <laughs> called purgatory. But that's not how we believe. Now I'm going to, now that I have told you that life is short and we need to wise up, we need to also remember that when we die, we have to have the righteousness of Jesus Christ because that is the only passport to heaven. Yeah. Our passage to heaven is not through our own self-righteousness. Not because we have done this, not because we have done that, not because we have been an elder or a deacon or maybe even have done all the good things that the Ten Commandments tells us to do and not do. It's not because of that. Because those things make us self-righteous. But that self-righteousness is just filthy as a, dra as a rag in God's sight. Doing the commandments is important. They're good. But uh, doing them without Christ just makes you a good moral person. Right? You look good to the community. And that's what the Pharisees uh, did. You know, they look good to, their, uh, to, the, to the others. But what did Jesus say about them? They are, you're whited sepulchers. You're a generation of vipers. So, the Pharisees have kept the Ten Commandments, but they did not have Jesus. So, they were just self-righteous, and uh, you know, it, does not, it did not earn them any salvation, and no points for them. Because uh, we know that salvation is free. By grace alone, through faith, in Christ alone. Now, I'm going to read to you Ephesians 2, 
verse 8 to 10. I should have marked this. I did not. Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is a gift, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that the, we should walk in them. Now, Next text that I would like you to read is First John five, twelve to thirteen. James John. Oop, I'm in the wrong book. Here is James John. James <clears throat> so I read, He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So when we have Jesus Christ in our hearts, we have eternal life. But it is only, you know, we, we have to accept Jesus in faith. And whenever we have him, we have to keep a steady relationship with him. Then we can have that eternal life that he's talking about. You know, I've heard one preacher say that salvation is not a behavioral Behavioral, behavioral thing. It is a relational thing. You know, you can be a good moral person by watching your behavior, but if you do not have Jesus Christ, it won't do you no good. But if you have Jesus Christ, you know, you become changed through the Holy Spirit working in your hearts because God gives you impulses you know he he uh, i mean paul writes in philippians 2 verse 13 for it is god who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure so he gives us good impulses but when he gives us good impulses we better act on those good impulses but we cannot even act on those good impulses if we don't surrender our, our mind to him. And when, he, when we surrender our lives to him, or our, our, our will, and our, yes, our will to him, we have to be confident that Philippians 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which begun a good work in us will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will transform us according to this, to this uh, word. That is a guarantee that God has given us through his word. And because God is the guarantor, I can believe it. God said it, as the song says, and I believe it. And that settles it for me. But all we have to do is to give the Holy Spirit a blank slate. Let him work in us to do his good pleasure. Now, Vital to the Christian faith, especially to the, the Adventist faith, 
should be our understanding about the righteousness of Jesus Christ? Not by works, but by faith in Jesus Christ alone. You know, the, the righteousness of Jesus is actually, you know, in our past uh, study of our lesson study, it is the, the heart of the three angels' message. Righteousness by faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, lately I have made it a study. And uh, I have this book, Lessons in Faith. It was written by Alonzo Jones and Wagner. And uh, this, these people, these persons who wrote this book, were actually endorsed by Ellen G. White when there was a controversy about the topic of righteousness by faith back in 1888. So I recommend this. If you have the time, man, I, you know, I came to view uh, righteousness by faith in a different light when I read this book. So I would encourage you, brothers and sisters, to study the righteousness of Christ by faith. Because in the economy of God. That is the only criteria where God will let us get to heaven. Yep, having the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, I'm going to wind down now, and uh, I'm going to recap my message this morning. From what I have covered, the Bible tells us that our average lifespan is just 70 to 80 years old. Years. But by reason of good health, we might live a little longer. So since a time is appointed for us to die, then comes the judgment. We must make preparations now. And how do we prepare? There's only one thing that I know that we can prepare. Have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You know, in the parable of the wedding, there was that guy who was invited to the wedding, and he was not wearing a wedding garment. The wedding garment is the symbol of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So he was kicked out, out of the wedding. And so we must have his righteousness. And when we have him, we are going to be considered righteous. But, you know, there's a lot of things to consider when it comes to that righteousness. That's a very long topic, you know. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be for another day. <laughs> and uh, I really would like to invite you to, to study it deeply. It's the only criteria for heaven that stands, you know, uh, that stands to the perfection that Jesus wants, or God wants in us, believers. Now, that righteousness of Jesus Christ is only received by a steady relationship with Jesus. Not only for a moment, not for a few weeks, but for all times. And how do we get that righteousness it is just by believing what God says and how, by faith. And how do you develop your faith? Faith cometh by hearing the word of God. So how do you develop faith? It's only by hearing the word of God. So if you just read your Bible or read the word of God, you know, once every month, Maybe once a year. <laughs> will, you, will you have faith? You cannot develop faith if you read the Bible sporadically. Or maybe your, your faith will be small. But I don't know. That's how you develop faith. By hearing the Word of God. Because in the Word of God is revealed 
the secrets to our salvation. So, brethren, I would like to invite you to focus on the righteousness of Christ. Now, I know I have talked about numbering our days. That seems to be far away from my topic. But it all ties down together when we think that when we die, you know, we think about heaven and uh, the only way we can get to heaven is have that righteousness of Christ. So that should be the main focus of our study, knowing that the time is short. For some, it will be shorter. And, uh, you know, uh, through, the, through the recommendation of Bill Kearns, I'm here today because he was the one that mentioned my name to Julie. That's what Julie said, right? Where are you, Julie? <laughs> yeah. So Bill Kearns uh, mentioned my name, and uh, and Bill Kearns is uh, really in a in a grave situation. So I did not I did not take this uh, this sermon, you know, uh, to to be a to make Bill the the. I'm sorry, my, my wife was communicating with me and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> he said, she said. <laughs> so, but uh, I'm actually finishing. So, I remember the passage in the scripture that says, well, I remember one, one, uh, one uh, quote that that I read a few years ago. It says that of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. It's similar to the text of scripture that says in Jeremiah that the summer is past, oh, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. So let's be sure, brothers and sisters, that we're going to have the righteousness of Jesus Christ in our heart. Accept Him today. And dwell with Him, have a relationship with Him that cannot be shaken by any trials and tribulations in life. And we can have eternal security. Thank you. Amen and amen. Oh God in heaven, as we are dismissed from your presence from this, in this, from this sanctuary, may we take the message with us, teaching us, reminding us to number our days, because the time is short. You are about to come, and we might as well be prepared now. Thank you very much for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.